Please stand for the gospel reading this morning. It comes from Matthew 13, 31 to 35, and 44 to 46. Oops. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. Jesus told the crowds all these things in parables Without a parable, he told them nothing. This was to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth to speak in parables. I will proclaim what has been hidden from the foundation of the world. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Jesus is such a great storyteller. There are some of the stories that Jesus told which are so famous and so beloved. We know them really, really well, and they're great stories, and they're full of depth and richness. But I'm so excited when we have a reading like this one that shows it wasn't just the one story that was full of so much depth and richness, but the storyteller. Because in all of these stories, which come from different places and refer to different things, Jesus is showing Jesus' ability to draw on the whole of human history with God to reveal the truth. Jesus has that kind of flexibility and creativity and imagination. He draws on the entire story in each of these little stories to make this present for us. If you were to go back and read the verses before the reading that Lynn started with us today, you would find that it was just a series of stories that Jesus told about farming, about gardening. God says, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like um, this kind of gardener, is like this kind of gardener, it's like this thing that grows, it's like that thing that grows. There's a whole series of them, and they're all a little bit different. Jesus loves this language of the sower, this image of the sower, because it goes all the way back to the beginning. Our story with God began in a garden. Remember the garden. 
Remember how we have all been formed and called as stewards for our garden planet, Earth. This is something we knew before we knew anything else. But these parables are about the difficulties of gardening, of farming in the world. They're all about questions about human suffering. Why does evil exist in the world? Why do the weeds grow up among the fruiting crops? They go back to the struggle in the stories between Cain and Abel, the fears and questions of a story like Job. Jesus wants people to remember, maybe not even consciously, but to remember in their bones how deep, how deep is our relationship with God, how far back it goes. But then Jesus moves on and he uses the image of yeast to tell a story of the truth. Yeast is a powerful symbol in a story because consciously or unconsciously we recognize this goes back to the story of liberation. When God told God's people, don't even put yeast in your bread to rise because I'm going to say the word go and then you will be free and you got to be ready. So our relationship with dough that either has the time to rise or does not have the time to rise because we are in a hurry to respond to God's call makes yeast a powerful symbol of our time learning how to be community together, learning how to be free together with God. And Jesus wants people to remember that. The culture that they have, that we have, culture of following Jesus, is not easy to keep, we know. And yeast reminds us. And Jesus moves on to stories of the pearl and the field. The pearl of great price and the field with treasure buried in it. And the one who discovers the treasure and then goes and buys the field. These are stories that relate to a later time in the life of the people who are listening to the story. A time when they actually had some agency some freedom, some resources, some power as merchants, as business owners, as people who had a role in culture, they had to weigh out what does it look like to be a righteous person of business? What does it mean to be a righteous land owner? What does it mean to follow God within the systems that are shared beyond this one culture of ours? These kinds of images and stories weave themselves into our Bible story when the prophet of God buys a field as a symbol that God's people will come back home again after exile. Or when a king discovers a scroll that talks about the worship of God and uses what he learns from that scroll to destroy altars to all other gods and gather all the people together in the worship of one. Jesus wants people to remember those stories, to reconnect with that history. And so Jesus, the storyteller, weaves them in so consciously or unconsciously we remember. 
Finally, Jesus tells some stories about a fisherman and about final judgment. These are new stories. These are stories about Jesus' own ministry in which Jesus calls fishermen as a model of disciples. These are symbols of the part of the message that Jesus means for all of us, the hope about the future, about something that's bigger than the experiences we've had so far, the stories we have told so far. These are stories about judgment, discernment, and redemption. God's Son was given to the world to save, not to judge. So even the one who has the power to sort the good and the bad fish with ease, even the one who knows what is coming in the final judgment and holds that power, is sitting there with his people, with his beloved disciples, and giving them a word of hope, of love. Jesus is here as a storyteller with his whole life to carry the message of true love. What he embodies in this action, in this glimpse that we get of his ministry as a storyteller who weaves together, who grapples with the entire story and wants us to remember it all, is that new or old, God is the same. The truth is the same. Something is not better just because it's been around a long time. Something is not better just because we've never done it before and it has the shine of being new and attractive on it. No, what is better is the truth. The truth is always better. And it has always been with us all the way back to the beginning, through slavery, through exile, through a new era of questions we haven't even thought to ask yet. The truth has been there, and it keeps showing up in the forms of the lives we live, in the metaphors that have been symbols of truth for humankind as long as humans have walked the earth, and also in the angels, the messages that show up in our day-to-day, -day, in the life that we only live in this era, in this time and place, now. Jesus says at the end of the scripture that was read before us today, a disciple learns to recognize the truth in whatever forms old or new. Someone who can recognize the truth is like someone who spent their entire lives collecting and valuing pearls and then sees one that they're ready to sell all their other pearls to buy. It's like someone who's been working in fields forever and turns up some treasure and, you know, I'm picturing not coins, not buried pirate treasure. I'm thinking good earth, rich soil, recognizes that soil and goes and buys that field. But Jesus says a disciple is one who doesn't just have one pearl, who doesn't just have one field, but who brings treasure 
new and old, from all of the chapters and the seasons and the ways of life. There's a promise of abundance in that. We human beings, we are not fixed. Our lives are not fixed. It is possible for us to have a new revelation, a new experience of truth, a new experience of being loved with true love, of being made new, even surrounded by what has already been, even in reflecting on texts and things in our lives that we have seen before. We can be changed in the midst of that. But we're also capable of experiencing something that feels so familiar, so rooting, so centering, so like coming home in a place and in ways we have never experienced before. We dance in the old and the new, in holding in our bodies all that has been and all that shall be. We have our own personal cycles of meaning and revelation. Our whole lives become an interpretation of the truth, of the message of true love. We are all little Christs and bear that image in the world through the things we've done a million times before and the things that we will do for the first time today. This is the good news. Here today, we are no older or more tired than we have ever been. We are no more ignorant or inexperienced than we have ever been. True love was and is and ever shall be. And so are we. That is the love from which we are made. That is the love that makes us community. That is the gift for us today, with God's help. Amen.